Good morning. It's great to be here. Uh, it's also nice to see some, some new faces, uh, some people I haven't had the chance to meet yet. Uh, so we're excited that you're here, uh, every, every one of you. Uh, if I haven't met you, my name is Landon Turner. Uh, I'm excited. I'm the interim minister here at, at First Christian in Kwana. Uh, it has been an amazing few weeks being with you, uh, and I'm excited to see what this next few weeks holds as well. Uh, So today we're starting a new series uh, called Armor, Uh, and and my hope in this series is that we're going to delve into the armor of God. Uh, When Paul was writing about the armor of God to the church in Ephesus, they're they're picturing a physical armor, and so something was clicking in their brain about what that meant for them and their life. But we don't really have that picture and, and the armor of God is something that we just learn about, you know, when, we are, when we're five and six years old, so we know what it is, but we really don't know what it is for us. Uh, and so my hope is in that this next few weeks, uh, when we are discussing the armor of God, uh, that we're going to see how it's applicable to our life today, uh, and we're also, we're also going to look at specifically the Roman soldier uh, and what the armor would have looked like and meant uh, so that we can, yeah, we can establish it for our life today. Uh, I just, my prayer has been that the Lord would, in this next few weeks, motivate you and I uh, into a new and, and deeper chase after Him, uh, and that we would really come to know what this is that we're fighting, uh, and not just how we fight, but how we win. Uh, so if you are a, a note taker, uh, today we're going to be talking about the belt of truth. Uh, We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 6 today. Uh, The first thing that we need to establish before we actually look at the armor is the fact that we have an enemy, that there is a war that has to be fought. Uh, I believe that the Bible is relevant. I believe that everything that's written in the Bible meant something when it was written, and I believe that it means something now. And so what we see in Scripture in Ephesians, we can go and turn there, in Ephesians chapter 6, what we see is it says, our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And so if we're looking and we, and we agree that the Bible is relevant and we agree that the Bible should mean something in our life, then we can see that we actually do have a battle that we're fighting. But this isn't a battle like you don't need to, you don't need to you know, go get your gun and like head out. We're not doing that kind of thing. This is a battle for your soul. This is a battle that's something spiritual. There is a spiritual side that the enemy is coming after you, but we don't have to lose. We have to fight and we have to win. And the armor of God is how we do that. We also can see... In John chapter 10, we've talked about this as well, but John chapter 10 says that the enemy has three plans. He comes to kill, he comes to steal, and he comes to destroy. I don't want to be killed. I don't want to be stolen from, and I really don't want to be destroyed. The armor of God is how we win. And so we're going to really delve into this. The Bible says again in 1 Peter that the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. I don't want to be devoured. I want to win. And so we're going to talk about this. I'm excited about this series. This, just, just getting you know, this side of it uh, has, been, has been a real blessing to my heart. Uh, and it's really challenged me in some things, so that's my prayer. Uh, we, we are in war, but we are at a war that we can win. We don't have to lose. So the first piece we're talking about 
is the belt of truth. There's a reason that Paul wrote about the belt of truth first. Uh, so again, he's writing this to the church in Ephesus. And so the church in Ephesus is going to picture a Roman soldier. Now, when we think about belts, we're from Texas. So belts are like the thing. You know, you have a giant belt buckle. It's got long horns. This is not what they're picturing. What they're picturing is a piece of armor. The belt was not just decorative. It was, it was a, a piece of armor. <laughs> and the belt actually held everything else together, held the rest of the armor together. And so if you didn't wear the belt, you weren't going anywhere. You could not fight. If you didn't wear a belt today, you could, you could be fine. You know, your pants might sag a little bit, but you would be fine. Like, you would make it. But then, if they were going into a battle and they didn't wear their belt, they would die. They could not do anything because the rest of their armor would not be held together. So, Paul writes that the belt, he writes the belt first because it is very, very important. It's vitally important that they put on the belt of truth. I'm going to give a few examples, and then we're going to, we're going to dive into really what, what I feel like the Lord has for us today. Um, so I have, I have traveled a lot. Uh, we've talked about this a little bit. But I actually hate the act of traveling. I like when I'm at a place. I do not like getting to that place. Uh, I dislike airports. I think airports are the worst place in the world, really. And, and you know, you go and you sit and wait. I can't, I can't sit and wait somewhere for like five to six minutes. Like I start getting impatient. I'm like, are you kidding me? And then I'm at the airport and it's like, there is 12 hours worth of people in front of me before I can get to the gate. <laughs> it's like, I'm not making this. This is bad. And then again, the whole waiting thing, I, I'm, I'm very impatient. I, it's hard for me to sit still. And then I sit on a plane for 11 hours and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, this is not going to work. I'm not going to make it. Uh, I actually love airline food. I don't know if y'all are like that, but I wish they sold that in stores. That's good. Um, but, and then I'm always the person that, like, gets to security at the airport, and I always get patted down. Like, they're like, you need to come with us. <laughs> okay. And so, you know, you stand there, and you're making eye contact with this guy. You're like, this is going to be awkward. Sorry, we got to do this. And that's, that's always me, but... Something I've noticed in security, and something you've probably noticed if you've ever been at the airport, no matter what, they will always look at your passport or your ID card or, or whatever it is if you're traveling. They will always look at your thing. And my passport came from when I was 12. Uh, I had a Justin Bieber haircut. You know, it was like this. And it's horrible. I've got to get a new one. But the, the passport agent will take my passport, and he looks at me, and he looks at my passport, looks at me. He's very confused at this point. <laughs> He's thinking, uh-huh. But he, just, he does it with everybody. Even if it looked like you, he's going to look and make sure that what he sees is true. But then he will take your passport and he'll run it under this light. It's called a black light. He'll run it under the black light to make sure that the passport is real. Okay, he doesn't trust his own judgment. He may have been doing this for 50, 60 years. He doesn't trust his own judgment. He always runs it under that black light to make sure that passport is real. Okay, so that's the first example that we're going to talk about. Passport agent. I don't really know what he's called. Second thing, when you get pulled over, this is not fun at all. I have been pulled over before, and it was, I wept. <laughs> I had just gotten my license a few days before, and like in my brain, I was thinking, if you get pulled over, straight to jail, like no matter what. <laughs> and so I got pulled over, and I'm just weeping as the, as the police officer comes up, and it was fine. I didn't, nothing happened. But what he'll do is he'll look at your passport, uh, your passport, 
Maybe. I don't know. He'll look at your driver's license and look at you and look at you. He does it again. But then he takes it and he runs it through the computer. And he types in to make sure that you are who you say you are and that that is authentic. Okay. Then, so that's the second example. First example, airport. Second example, you get pulled over. Third, uh, I used to bookkeep at a grocery store. And when we would get bills that were 20s or 100s or 50s or whatnot, we had this marker. And we marked these bills. And if it turned one color, you knew the bill was real. And if it turned another color, you knew it was fake. And no matter what, I would not trust my own judgment to decide if a $100 bill was a real thing. I would always mark it because it's important to know what's real and what's not. So taking these examples into consideration, we have to realize that there is a method for us to determine what is real and what is not. There is a way to determine what is God and what is not. And we have to have that in order to fight. This is what we're calling the belt of truth. We have to have a method of determining the difference between authentic and fraudulent. So we know we have an enemy. And there's a few things that we know about the enemy, and we know that these ways, this is always how he will, he will attack us. Okay? We know, first, that the enemy is a liar. He cannot speak truth. The Bible says, I believe in John, uh, that, that he is the father of lies, that lying is his character. He can't not lie. And, so, and, and sometimes this is just like a little, little thing in your head. It's not like the enemy. It's not like an audible voice that you're hearing that's like you know, whispering to you. Sometimes it's just a thought that pops in your head. Hey, you're not good enough at this. You're not wealthy enough. That's how we know the enemy is speaking to us, because he lies. He will never speak the truth. We also know that the enemy deceives. So I think lie, lying and deceit is often the same thing, but this is kind of the picture that I get. The Bible says that the enemy comes across as an angel of light. He wants his plans and himself to come across as something different than it is. He wants to come across as something good. And so this is, this is a real trick one. This is one we have to be really careful about because we really need to know what is God and what is not, especially when both things look good. When what God is offering looks good and what the enemy is offering looks good, we have to have a method of authentication where we know what is true and what is not. So the enemy lies, the enemy deceives us, but the enemy also is a master illusionist. Um, I have been, I, there's this thing called Cirque du Soleil. I don't know if you've heard of this. I have no idea what it means. It's French, circus of something. But there's not really a good way to describe what happens at these shows. Basically, it's like hundreds of people that do the most impossible things, and it's all happening at the same time, and you're just watching it, and your brain is... Like, my brain, I'll get in the car when I'm leaving, and I'm like, I have no idea what just happened. Like, there was so much happening, I don't even know how to drive anymore. But, like, on one side of the stage, you have a guy who's, like, pulling a wheelie on a bicycle. He's, like, spinning around, and then on the, on the tire that's up in the air, there's, like, somebody dancing. And you're sitting here like... How is, that, how is balance even, how is gravity working right now? And in the middle, you have somebody who's, like, who's got like 50 plates on their head, and they keep tossing more up and catching them, and they're all somehow standing up. I'm thinking, how in the world is this happening? And then the right side of the stage, you have a guy like juggling chainsaws. And so this whole thing is, ha- all, and they're all happening at the same time. And you're sitting here like, what in the world? But in the back, there's a storyline that's going on. 
I almost always miss the storyline because I'm too distracted by the guy throwing the chainsaws around. And this is exactly what the enemy likes to do in our life. God's doing something. He has a story that he wants us to be a part of, and the enemy's throwing chainsaws so that we're not looking at God. This is, the enemy is a master illusionist. So the enemy lies, the enemy deceives, and he's an illusionist. And so we have to know how to fight or we won't win. We won't. And the enemy is good. He is, he's good at what he does because he's been doing it for a while. And so we know the enemy's after us. Now it comes to how do we win? Much like the, the passport guard at the airport, much like the police officer, much like the grocery store bookkeeper, we have to have an authenticator to know what is God and what is not. This is very, very important. But the good news is we do have the authenticator. The belt of truth, wearing the belt of truth is simply wearing God's word. It's knowing what God's word says, knowing what God's word is in our life, knowing what God's word is in our situations. That's wearing the belt of truth. When I was younger, we had this thing called Awanas, Approved Workmen Are Not Ashamed. Uh, and it was, it was for children. It was a Bible memorization like program. And I remember when I was a kid, I hated it. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, you know, I'm five years old. I don't want to be reading. Uh-uh. But we would sit and we would read. And when we would memorize scripture and say it back to our teacher, we got like candy or something. And as a five and six-year-old, I'm thinking, I, I, don't, I don't need this. You know, like, yeah, I want the candy, so I'm going to do it. But I don't need this. And then... I turn, you know, 18, and I'm in a sticky situation, and I'm struggling, and suddenly this verse pops in my brain, and I'm thinking, where in the world did that come from? It came from when I was five, and I'm memorizing Scripture. This is what wearing the belt of truth looks like. It's knowing the Word of God so clearly that when something comes up, we immediately know what God's Word says about it. That's how we wear the belt of truth, is having the Word of God deep in our hearts. And so... When the enemy comes in and he starts to lie, and he will, he's going to lie about you, he's going to lie about your, your destiny, he's going to lie about your identity. When the enemy comes in and lies, that's when we open up the belt of truth and we say, God, right now I'm feeling like I'm not good enough. What do you say? And we open it up and, and you know, the Bible says you're made wonderfully. And you're thinking, wow, that's good. And, the, and, you know, the enemy's going to come in and he's going to say things like, well, you know... God's plans aren't as good for your life as mine. And then we open it up and we see, you know, Jeremiah 29, 11, God's plans are so good for our life. But we have to run what the enemy is saying through the light of the belt of truth, through the light of our authenticator. The enemy wants to deceive us. And so he's going to come in and he's going to say, hey, this business deal, this business deal you're about to make, it's really good. And it might come across as really good. And so you say, God, what about this deal? What do, what do you want? And you run it under the authenticator. And God talks about how he's going to give wisdom. God talks about business practices in the Bible. And he's going to lead you to these places. And you're going to say, all right, thank you, God. You helped me discern what is true and what is not. This is why it's so important that we wear the belt of truth. And then the enemy is going to come in and he's going to try and cause a distraction. Much like this, this circus example, the enemy's going to come in and what he's presenting might not be a horrible thing, 
but it's a distraction to the plans God has for your life. And so you, you open up the belt of truth and you say, all right, God, I need to know if what's happening in my life is from you or if it's from the enemy. And he, you know, he reminds you, you have, your job is to love me, your job is to love people, make my name known. If what's happening is not that, then it's not from me. And so then we say, okay, the belt of truth says this is not from you, God, and so we can step away. But it's very important that we wear the belt of truth. The enemy's goal is to distort reality. It's to make it to where we can't figure out what's God and what's not. Um, the night I graduated high school, uh, we had this thing called Project Graduation. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know if y'all have that here, but, but basically it's to keep kids off the, off the streets on a good night, which is it's an amazing thing. But when I showed up at Project Graduation, one of the activities that they had for the night was this course. It was made out of cones and, and a bicycle. And I was just looking at this like, what? Like, why am I? I don't know. I'm going to do it, I guess, for candy, whatnot. But <laughs> I love candy. <laughs> but so I walk up. I'm waiting in the line to, to ride this bicycle through this course. It wasn't anything difficult. It was, it was like almost a straight shot, just a couple of curves. And then he hands me these goggles. And they were drunk driving simulator goggles. And these, these puppies were like, seven or eight inches thick, like huge. I'm already like blind as a bat, like can't see anything right now. And so I took off my glasses and I put on these drunk goggles. I couldn't even get on the bike, literally. I, I tried and then was like, nope. <laughs> and, and this to me is exactly like our life in the difference when we are soaking in the word and the difference when we're wearing the belt of truth and when we're not. When we're not, it's like putting on these drunk goggles and trying to ride a bike. It won't happen. I remember at Project Graduation, people were like running into walls and stuff on this bike. They, they couldn't even get it to move forward at all. It was all over the place. This is what happens when we're not wearing the belt of truth. We have no idea. We don't know what's happening. But when we are wearing the belt of truth, my regular glasses, thank the Lord for glasses, and when I can take off these drunk glasses and put on these regular glasses, it's a breeze riding that bike through that course. And that's the way that God wants our life to be. And when we put on the belt of truth, everything becomes a lot clearer. So the illusions that, that the enemy tries to throw at us, we don't have to fall for them. We don't have to be a part of them. <laughs> so in our life today, in every situation, in every belief, in every decision, when it comes time to vote, we run it under the light of God's authenticator. We, we put on our belt of truth and say, all right, God, show me. Show me what I'm supposed to do. Show me what this is supposed to look like in my life. And then the enemy doesn't stand a chance because the enemy doesn't speak truth. In our day and age right now, it seems like you can make up your own truth. Whatever you want to believe, you believe. Whatever I want to believe, I'll believe. We just, we just like ignore the fact that there is a truth. There is one truth. It's not many. You don't get to make up your own. There's one. If I could make up my own, oh my goodness. Like I would be eating horrible all the time. I would never work out. Like all these things because, because that's what is good to me. But God says, hey, there's something better. 
We don't have to be, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't even get to decide what's true and what's not. We're, we're split into different thinking. You know, it's, I believe the truth about homosexual marriage and you don't. I believe the truth about which political party I should be a part of and you don't. I get to, no, the Bible says what's true. We don't decide that. And so when something comes up, when a situation comes up, when it's time to make a decision, we don't even have to, <laughs> we get to know the truth and what we should do right here. He's longing to speak to us through the Word of God just by reading it, just by knowing it. <laughs> and that's why it's so important that it's first. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13, it says, Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand. Stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. In order to stand firm, in order to win, in order to even fight, we have to wear the belt of truth. We have to be in the Word. The Bible is not just for Sunday mornings. It's not just for a pick-me-up when you're feeling down. The Bible is when everything is going good and when everything is going bad. The Bible's for the morning and in the evening. It's for Sunday, but also Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It's for everything. We need to be soaked in the Word. Soaked in the Word. I, I started doing this thing a little while back where when I'm, when I'm driving like long road trips, a couple years ago I drove to Colorado by myself. It was the worst. Don't ever do that. But when I was doing it, I got bored of listening to my music, and I just turned on the Bible on my phone, and it was playing through the speakers. I was soaking myself in the Word, and it wasn't even, I wasn't even having to do anything but listen. We have to be soaking in the Word. So, in Roman times, which is the image that the church in Ephesus would have gotten when Paul is writing this letter, the belt, again, was not just for decoration. It was imperative to the rest of the armor. The armor, they say, weighed up to 75 pounds when you were wearing everything together. 75 pounds of armor while you're trying to fight is, doesn't sound easy, okay? And so when you weren't wearing the belt, which tied all the armor together, first off, you wouldn't be able to fight. But secondly, the armor, I mean, the belt was not just like a thin like rope belt that's often depicted. That sucker was big, and it was for core support. It was to make sure that you could hold up the rest of the armor, if we're not wearing the belt of truth, if we're not soaking in the Word of God every day, we can't stand a chance because we can't even wear the rest of the armor. It is so important. It is that important that we are soaked in the Word of God. And the belt, like I said, was core support. I know there's nothing else in this world that I, that I want to be my core support than the Word of God than the truth of God's word. Because if anything else, if I'm wearing anything else other than the word of God, I can't stand. We can't stand. So my challenge, my challenge as we begin to close, is the word of God your authenticator in your life? 
When the enemy begins to speak things to you, when he begins to lie to you, when he begins to try and deceive you, is the word of God what you run things by? It's good to talk about things with your spouse. It's good to talk about things with your friends. But the word of God is the ultimate truth. And so when something comes up, when it's time to make a decision, are you only talking to your spouse? Are you only talking to your friends? Are you saying, God, what do you have to say about it? God, I want to wear the belt of truth. Show me what this looks like. When you're struggling with, with you know, a family problem, when you're struggling with your kids, it's, God, what do you have to say about it? We don't have to go into this blind. We don't have to go into war blind. We know exactly what the truth is because God lays it out for us. So my challenge is, is the word of God your authenticator? When the enemy says something, do you take it and run it under that light to see if it's real or not? Like the passport guard did. When he tries to illusion you with something and it's not, you know, it's something that comes across weird. Are you marking it with the marker and saying, God, show me if this is true or not. Show me if this is you or not. If we're not doing that, our lives are going to be a lot harder than they have to be. And this is, this is something that it takes, I mean, it takes practice. It takes time. It's not something like, you know, tomorrow morning you can wake up and you're like, well, perfect. I know the, I know the word of God in every situation for my life forever. No, it doesn't happen like that. This is something that is an activity that you have to be doing all the time. When you're, when you're thinking about something and it's, and it's rough, you run it under the light. When a decision comes up at work, run it under the light. When something's going on in a family, run it under the light. God wants us to know the truth. He wants us to know what's Him and what's not. So I'm just going to pray as we close. God, we just we love you so much. And we are so thankful that we don't have to go into this blind. We're so thankful that we have the word of God, the belt of truth, to know what's you and what's not. I pray this week that we will be motivated more than ever to read the word, that we'll be motivated more than ever to know the word of God in our life. God, I pray for, for just the passion to read it. I know sometimes it's difficult, but we just pray for a passion to read the Word of God, that we would desire to know you more through it. In Jesus' name, amen.